Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Fobcast, produced by Fob Media. And today, we're going to try to analyze the coronavirus and how it's just affected the St. Louis area and also just the nat- uh, the world itself. So, um, yeah, so I think yeah. Sid and I wanted to first start out with so first we're gonna like um, it's focus, history yeah we're gonna focus on its history and like look at how it started obviously you know it's been focused on china and like that's clear yeah. it's obvious um yeah but like like I, is it, if it's a chinese virus or not you know who cares <laughs> yeah it's a china it's from china it's from china but it's yeah so basically i think the history like the first rumors started i think it was ironic it was like on like new year's day or like new year's eve or something like right then it's like 2020 is off to a bad start um but it was like reported in early january and obviously it impacted china first and then it spread to europe and asia specifically and then obviously america um but i think first they saw like it was rumors of like a viral pneumonia so like clear symptoms like what would they be like you know yeah like clear symptoms are just your regular flu yeah symptoms right you know you're gonna have your dry cough you're gonna have um like you know you're sneezing i could i guess like the drowsiness Mm -hmm. um just like your everyday like flu symptoms fever so i i think that's like maybe why it got the certain connotation it did within the United States of it just being a regular everyday virus, yeah. nothing big to worry about. So I think the the main like where it originated was it's been traced back to Wuhan, obviously, but specifically the wet markets. So basically, the wet markets are where they sell wild animals in like a natural environment, not like a natural environment, but it's very unhygienic and like you know they butcher the animals right there and like it's just you know really disgusting, honestly. Um, but yeah, what, and like I don't think that's something people should be surprised about either. Yeah, because the same the thing live, happened with SARS. Like right, the same thing happened with SARS. So basically, also, yeah, I think, SARS was like the virus in two thousand and two, or yeah, two thousand two. It was a type of coronavirus, and it did like the same thing across the world. Um, but it wasn't as like brutal. Oh yes, yeah. it wasn't as widespread or anything. It only affected a handful of nations, I believe. But yeah, like- and most most people are pretty aware that I think most SARS viruses originate from some sort of wild creature. And I think in both the SARS epidemic that occurred within the 2000s and this one, they both originate from bats. And I yeah. think that is most that is something most researchers have agreed on. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I, I, I don't. I didn't remember reading anything about like specifically bats or like a specific animal, but the one common trend I've seen is like wet markets and like especially wild animals. So there's like really interesting history behind why and like it's it's I mean it happened in the same thing. Like SARS originated from a wet market wet market in China, um, Corona uh, originated from a wet market in China. Same situation. Um, so basically, what like there's this big history around it. So basically, in the 1970s with China, there was like a really bad famine, and that was like when the communists were really struggling. Um, they couldn't really feed anyone. So what they did was they opened up restrictions on like the farming economy. So like they said, um, look, we can't feed everyone with just domestic plants and animals and like the standard crops because of, you know, their mismanagement and just a famine. So they're like, oh, you guys can like start doing your own operations and farming. So what sprung up then is like these peasant and lower income individuals would, you know, literally start farming wild animals in their backyards and then start selling them. Um, at first it wasn't that big, but then it started, once it started to like 
feed and sustain everyone because literally no one could get food in that time period or like that time span so what happened was like they started feeding everyone and then the government realized oh this is kind of working and it's really relieving the strain on like the agriculture so they're like oh that's this is great we're gonna back it um and then what happened was like the industry boomed and that it rose to what it is today um i think i read something was like mostly also i think also, I think one of the big things that I've read about is that in China, they have the, I think, they have the predisposition that, like, exotic animals, such oh, as, like, yeah. pangolins, help with, like, yeah, like hormonal certain, like, asp- like hormonal yeah. stuff, yeah, like, super saw, strength, like, like, they give you powers and stuff. I know, yeah, like, it's certain like really animals, weird. they think. Yeah, they, like, I know like, that certain animals, they think, it will help make your baby smarter, so, like, certain like pregnant late women it's weird stuff like it's like that it's like if you eat this you'll be more like you know masculine or like fe- like weird stuff like that like hormonal stuff it's like and it's, if it's like only if you eat this wild animal like which is obviously right. isn't that scientific back but you know it it's backed you know people just think like that and i think it's mostly what happened was like these wet markets rose and they gained power but what happened was like it started being supported by the rich because the rich were primarily the ones that were able to buy these animals um right and then they got lobbying power um so like the government really has a hard time saying no to shut these down because they provide so much to the economy like it i i forgot the exact number but it was a, a huge number of billions of dollars that the you know market industry it is as a whole across asia but um with that lobbying power like it's hard to shut it down so what happened was in sars in the early 2000s you know the outbreak spread everyone was like oh wet markets china shut them down and then gradually they reopened them and then coronavirus happened so they had to reopen Do you know if them. they shut down the they shut down the wet markets in China? Oh right? yeah, of course. Yeah, I think they have and there's been a strong push to actually permanently shut them down now. Because it's it's Yeah, they kind of have to. They kind of have think. to. I mean, we can't, we can't make them, but like it's it's logical. Like it just makes sense. Like because after two global, you know, pandemics originated from the same situation, you know, it's clear that there is a connection there. So Yeah. That's basically like, like the history and then you know how it spread. You know, firstly, yeah, it spread. It spread through the wet markets, obviously. Wet but like markets, with the but consumption then... of the consumption of penguins. So I read an. I was reading an article a little bit earlier, and there was a researcher that has you know firmly stated that the uh, the virus has originated from bats, and it can be transferred via through uh, wild animals. And what they're assuming is that. The bats shared it with penguins, and penguins are just anteaters. Uh, they're like, you know, spiny anteaters, I think. Not, I think um, they're like sh- some type of, yeah, they're some type of some, Yeah, they have scales. Yeah. But yeah. Like, and these scales are uh, really valued by, you know, the Chinese people, and they are, they're meat as well. They have a very rare meat, and um, rich Chinese people uh, do have a large history of, like, you know, consuming that. Um. So they use they've consumed these pangolins, which served as an intermediary animal for the you know the coronavirus to spread to humans. But the coronavirus is also compatible with the um, immune systems of other animals, such as the tiger, which a tiger within the New yeah, York Zoo Bronx. actually has it now. And then there was also two documented cases of domesticated cats having it. Yeah, which is weird because I, I mean, I haven't heard a lot or seen a lot on like specific domesticated animals having it. It's mostly just been wild animals, like the example of the tiger. 
Like mm-hmm. that's been about it. And so it obviously it originated from wild animals and it spread through humans, especially in this global world that it is, you know, the cruise ships, the flights, Europe was hit hard. It's still dealing with it. Italy faced a horrible situation. Um, and then it's now in the U.S. So that was basically right. the history of, you know, Corona. Now we could like, let's look at like symptoms and like what exactly, like what type of virus is it either how, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, it is a coronavirus, right? And there's been pictures of it spreading as well. It's like, I would have to say it's like, it's actually a pretty beautiful looking virus, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, you see like the red-orange. Like, I would no, I think the name originated uh, from, it it's like this, uh, you know, like the corona of the sun? Yeah, like, right. It looks, it like, looks that. like Yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. The corona of the sun is just the outermost layer of the sun. And you can't see it like with a natural uh, eye. You have to there has to be a solar eclipse for that to happen. That's what's the visible portion of the sun. It actually looks really similar to that. And um, all these coronaviruses, as we've said before, have really similar symptoms. But this one is the most contagious, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's a really scary situation, I would say. Because at first, everyone thought that in the United States, the first documented case of the coronavirus and its a death originated from the coronavirus. It was like elderly people. Was, was, it was elderly people, but it was also, they thought, would be later in February. I think it was past February 15th. But now there's actually uh, evidence supporting that the first death was in February uh, on February 6th in California. And the, the victim was actually 57 years old and she was healthy, right? She was a healthy woman. Mm-hmm. So there were no... Um, how did the first nothing that could do we know anything about like how the first case got here in the first place like you know what i mean well i mean it's definitely probably going to be people traveling right Mm -hmm. north i think that was the the original fear right like people coming right from china that's why like you know president trump shut down china and then like you know now he's shut down immigration as well entirely Mm -hmm. like uh temporarily like when you look at new york it's such a massive hub uh so like you know you're definitely gonna have people from italy coming in you're gonna definitely have people from spain coming in you're gonna have people from china coming in right it was just bound to happen but i think the new symptoms that are occurring and that people are finding out about are what's really scary and it just shows how like significant of an issue this is because we don't even know everything about the virus yeah right and i think so i think there's like like, a big issue two days ago yeah two days ago they figured out that young adults so you know people maybe in their 20s and 30s have sudden strokes and these strokes are caused by clotting in major arteries so pretty much the virus is now uh impacting the circulatory system and how your blood flows throughout your body that's terrible right your Mm -hmm. organs aren't getting the blood that they need um and i think this also shows that younger people aren't just immune to this problem and this virus like might some people might see like think this but i think we're going to touch on it a little bit later that this is simply not the case yeah and then also you know i i think we did talk about this that they had the the virus has very is very similar to the flu it has very flu very similar flu-like symptoms right Mm -hmm. but among older people you don't see the main the three most common symptoms right you don't see i think like the sneezing you don't see the, dry the drowsiness you don't see all of that you don't see the dry cough you actually see uh with an older uh, older people that i think their whole just like cognitive 
like ability kind of changes. And I think that comes you, along with their pre-existing conditions that they have because a yeah. lot of the older people obviously have heart issues or diabetes and you know different pre-existing conditions. So right. that's definitely like, a part. So they definitely already have like neurological issues which could lead to the common symptoms we see among older people right sometimes they don't act like themselves they're uh they usually sleep more or uh stop eating entirely they are more confused <laughs> so they're turning they're into teenagers <laughs> yeah uh, sure yeah right like um it's really weird but interesting right mm-hmm. because you would think that older people would have a more intensified regular symptoms but now you're seeing that that's not even the case. They may might have more intensified symptoms, but they also have the more, more unusual symptoms. So wait, what's the and deal then, with like the... Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Um, and then also there is a pretty big article I read from Science Magazine that um, talks about how corona, the coronavirus also affects the you know all of the body symptoms. Or what am I saying? Body systems, right? So, uh, first, you autom- obviously probably heard that, um, that it, if it really impacts our sense of smell and taste. You pretty much just can't even uh, do those anymore because they inhibit your nerves' ability to relay that information to your brain. Um, additionally, they uh, inhibit the liver's response to do um, the certain things they need to do to purify the blood and stuff and help with the digestive system. Um, additionally, your kidneys are affected, so it doesn't, uh, filtrate your blood and then just everything, like pretty much every single major organ system is affected. Like I've already said, um, Mm -hmm. Sid and I interviewed a bunch of, uh, experts on this as well. Like we interviewed a first responder, uh, Sid interviewed a, uh, physical physical therapist who, um, had a really interesting interaction with the coronavirus. And, we'll get yeah, into that so she later. basically had a very like close interaction with many, you know, coronavirus patients. Um, and you know, one of the p- persons like she noted was like really interesting. Like he was a healthy basketball player and like perfectly in good condition. Like, you know, someone who's very active, you know, go down with Corona. So it's like not right. just affecting the older generations, affecting everyone in general. Um, right. And even the older generation that's, like, more concentrated with, like, nursing homes typically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, um, uh, the first responder I talked to, uh, he works in Franklin County, so it's just a little bit uh, west of St. Louis County. And he said that at the time I interviewed him, there were around 100 cases within his county. And almost more than half of the cases originated from one nursing home. So Dang. it's extremely yeah. uh, concentrated within the older people, right? But, like, that's just because it's in one closed space. They all have um, really, like, mm-hmm. I guess bad immune systems, you could say. Yeah. But they're they're the ones that are most vulnerable. But it doesn't affect it, – it affects everyone. But I also want to go into the symptomatic versus asymptomatic discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, 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 have, what is symptomatic and asymptomatic for people who so don't So symptomatic know. is just when you – you know, display symptoms. Mm-hmm. Asymptomatic is when uh, you don't display symptoms, obviously. Uh, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> it's pretty odd. Um, okay. And uh, some research is pointing out that 50% of p- patients don't develop symptoms, right? So, mm-hmm. people, and what's interesting about this, I think we should go into the testing stuff, is that 
people that display symptoms are being tested. And at the moment, I think how many cases do we have, confirmed cases do we have in the United States? I'd say oh, upwards of 100,000, yeah. right? Um, like, Hold up, let's pull up a live report. Yeah. Um, um, oh, and by the so way, right now gonna... in the United States, it's, oh, it's even way higher than 100,000. It's almost 900,000, right? In the U.S.? So that's, yes, it's almost 900,000 cases in the United States. But the thing is, is that those cases are most of the people that are displaying symptoms. And um, that, and if 50% of the people that uh, have corona aren't displaying symptoms, then we could maybe like deduce that at least 1,600 people in the United States have coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, or what am I saying? Yeah, 1.6 million. Did I say that? I don't know. You but said 900. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, 900,000 have it right now. So I'm going to guess maybe like we could say 1.6 million have it, right? Mm -hmm. If you include the asymptomatic people, uh, which is extremely, extremely scary, I'd say. Um, because right now, like, there's a clear lack of testing within the United States, you'd think, right? Yeah. Like, how I many, think the like, U.S. says, like, dude, it's it's so interesting because we've seen countries, like, everywhere across the world. Like, you know, South Korea is one of the best examples, I think. You know, I saw a video on them, but basically, you know, they... So, I remember they dealt with this... They might have been the original, um, the person like they had a deep connection with SARS or a strong virus earlier in a couple of years before. Um, and basically what they did that time they're they were really disrupted by, I think it was SARS or like a previous, you know, virus. Um, mm -hmm. And they were deeply impacted by it and they felt like, you know, how bad it was. And from then, like they know they built up their medical reserves and their systems and they like targeted Corona full on. Like I remember reading stuff about like they have like these massive drive through testing facilities that like test thousands of people every day. But like the really extreme thing is, is like they what they do is like they once someone is confirmed with the case, they like, you know, go they literally track who like that person came in contact with um i mean yeah that's obviously like you know location tracking gps i don't know if they do that but they ask the person like exactly where they went you know who they came in contact with and they force the people that they came in contact with to go in quarantine so it's like super yeah, i massive. mean they pretty much just tested everyone yeah and in, like their entire population and they develop like a, a type of test that's very cheap and effective to test people and just their methods like it's very effective systematic and like you know they're actually implementing stuff um yeah and then also on the other hand you have like you know places like india that are f like fully on lockdown like you know the police are like beating people that like get out of their house yeah you know it's a very it's it's a very interesting <laughs> to see the difference in yeah. policies and, between the united but, states and then but like it's india really effective China. like because india would have been a major hot spot yeah, because they have a huge population. Population, their density, you know, their medical, dude, their medical systems are like barely up to par, like to where, you know, modernized first world countries are, but their numbers are way lower than the US or any other like country, which is, which shows how effective policy. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that just shows the difference between the rights within our governments, but I think we can yeah, talk about that a bit that's, later. That's more but like yeah, that just goes into politics, right? And we were trying to stay away from that. But yeah. I also I think that it has something to do with how we prepared for it as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because now some states are actually like buying test kits from China and like South Korea and stuff and yeah. are actually being gifted by it too. I know Jack Ma, the CEO of Alibaba, Alibaba a massive company within in China, is gifting 
you know, test kits to the and United States, which so I find many, is hilarious. <laughs> there's also like so many dumb conspiracy theories, like behind you yeah, know, 5G China, with uh, 5G, and then there's also like the theory that like you know, obviously it's like people started in a lab, and then China wanted to do this to like weaken global economies, so then they can gain a lead and become the superpower of this you know century or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think that makes sense. That's like, and that and, goes and into the, the it, economic. It also, problems. logically, if you think about it. Dude, China's economy is weakened too. No one's buying manufactured yeah. goods from China at this moment as much right. as they usually. So, like, clearly, logically, it doesn't make sense for them to have done that. Um, but you know, we never know again because it's China. But logically, probably not. So yeah, yeah. And I, I, but I think a good thing about this now is that um, our reliance on China most is shown. Of, most of what are like I think one of the. One of the key things I realized is like, you know, our reliance on like a lot of other countries in China for like goods and stuff like that, you know, especially with the yeah. shortage of stuff, masks. And- yeah, that like obviously that's hugely important. And I think the government's definitely going to try to go into that. But I was I was I was going into more like that the worst of worst of the pandemic is behind us, according yeah. to some major projections. Right. Um I mean, there's also have been projections of like a second wave and stuff like that, right? Yeah, like we'll we'll get into that a bit later. But right now, you know, in St. Louis at least, the STL uh, St. Louis Task Force and the director Alex, Dr. Alex Garza, has said that they've been seeing fewer coronavirus patients, fewer uh, new coronavirus patients, I should say. Um, but I think what should overshadow this is that. Their all their data is also saying that there could be around seventy one thousand cases within the STL area by the end of April, right? So you're seeing less cases going into the hospital and like getting reported and everything like that. But those are the symptomatic cases. You don't see the asymptomatic cases, which the seventy one thousand is including, mm-hmm. right? So that's really really weird. Uh, not weird, I should say, very scary. Yeah. Um, you have seventy one thousand people within St. Louis walking around with the coronavirus. And, you know, with the social distancing guidelines being relaxed in multiple different states and con- counties, um, I think it's something people should begin to worry about. But also, it doesn't mean that ICU patients are going to fall, right? Um, mm-hmm. Most of the patients within the ICU are, you know, some time into their fight with coronavirus. And a lot of patients are actually getting to that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I remember I talked to the physician uh, in the, the ICU, ICU pulmonologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he was saying that you know at the moment hospitals aren't you know lacking any sort of uh, any sort of resources re- relating to the protective uh, personal protective equipment. Obviously, there's guidelines that they are using to help uh, reduce uh, or like the usage of these, so like they're not wasting them. Um, but mm-hmm. like with regarding ventilators and stuff, they're doing fine. And that's the same thing with the first responder said. Um, he works as an officer. The first responder I talked to works as an officer and a paramedic within the Frank, within Franklin County. And he said, you know, they have a plethora of PPEs. You know, the only thing they're lacking is toilet paper. But like, aren't all of us? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. So I think as a nation, though, I know uh, in New York, they're actually seeing a reduction it's in the amount of down. cases, yeah. right? Yeah. 
I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. I think it shows that New the York social distancing the is working. Yeah. But oh, yeah. there's also issues with them reopening up because there's so many people, like, you know, Florida yeah, beaches think, and stuff like that. Yeah, like, like Georgia, <laughs> I know, is looking to open it up. Um, mm-hmm. President Trump has said that he's not for that, but... Oh, he's you know, not for I, that? No, he's not. He had a, he oh, uh, really? in one of his task force meetings. Yeah, oh. in one of the task force meetings, he uh, confronted the Georgian uh, governor and said that you know that's they're not following the White House guidelines, which I find to be pretty good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to show at this point in time that social distancing is the best treatment we have for the coronavirus yeah because and that was moment, proven early on like at the beginning when right, this whole exactly, thing started right everyone was just like social distancing i guess it worked um, right or because now working, we've yeah. passed the now now we've passed the peak according to a lot of different projections right mm-hmm. here's a ton of projections from like columbia university or northeastern university they've all shown that we are past it we're going to hit it in the next week and uh, but the number of deaths that they are projecting are ranges. So some predict uh, 60,000, but some predict 100,000. But I feel like a lot of this doesn't really matter because if there isn't a vaccine produced by the by winter, I think, then we're going to have an even worse wave. What's the deal with vaccines? Like, you know, has there been? Yeah. So testing started. Yeah, so there's – with the FDA, I think one of the good things about the United States is that our FDA and the policy and the guidelines that a drug has to go through, the testing a drug has to go through is extremely extensive, right? Mm -hmm. So there aren't any other major complications that can happen. So it's pretty much safe, I guess, right? So right now, there are a multitude of different drugs being produced, and um, one of them is being produced by a Boston-based company. I can't remember the name now, and I think it was – hitting uh stage three of the fda's tests um, how many stages a few weeks are ago a ton there's so many usually yeah. takes a drug but didn't like, they i saw something where they're they said like you know there's they're speeding up approval and like testing like yeah of course making, they have yeah. To. yeah the fda is like you know they're definitely trying to do whatever they can but it's a very lengthy process it usually takes 12 to 18 months right mm-hmm. um so there was a um, NIH researcher, the National Institute of Health, who is working on the vaccine, and she said that uh, they could actually be getting it out by fall, by Dang. November, which is really good. But if they can't do that, so so would a this mean that social distancing that would have one. to go up until fall? I wouldn't say that because when you, I it's like you know flu se- coronavirus season and flu season, you know they go hand in hand, right? Because yeah. most viruses do the most of their damage within the fall and winter and it's the same thing with coronavirus right yeah and then there's um, also like the idea that like is is this true like i've heard, heard like places where like you know this the heat or like summer has an impact or affects it you know like yeah is there yeah, like because some... your immune system does better your immune system is stronger during the s- spring and summer right mm-hmm. um so you're not going to see as many cases that's why you don't see that many cases within south america and africa because currently huh. they're in their summer months, but now they're going into their winter months, and hopefully not. But like, there yeah. there might be a spike in cases within those areas. And you know, those are also like moment, hot spots. Yeah, right. There's no true cases, right? Of va- excuse me. There's no true vaccines yet, but there's no medications that have been proven to work. And the ICU physician that I talked to uh, said that they're currently using two different treatments. So there's convalescent plasma therapy, which is they're you finding people that have been cured of 
I I wouldn't say cured, but like they've gotten through coronavirus and they have the certain antibodies, which are the parts of your immune system that fight off infections and uh, viruses. And they're using that, the, the part of the blood that carries these antibodies and transferring them to patients that are su- currently suffering from um, coronavirus, and it's actually been proven to work. And that's like doing, the antibody that. testing that everyone's talking about. Yes. Oh, so okay. that's why they're doing antibody testing, so they can see who's being who's been completely cured, but then also who can be a good uh, you know, person for convalescent plasma therapy. They're also using another vaccine, not vaccine, excuse me, medication called IL-6 inhibitor, which is just an immune system regulator, um, which they've like... They, they don't have, like, great, great info on whether it's working or not, but they're using it, so it should mm-hmm. be helping out, I guess. Huh. That's interesting. But, yeah, I think the good thing about it is that they're getting people out. They're not, like, using their ventilator. Like, the ventilators are just what help these patients breathe. Yeah, and, and there's also, like, out of them. the big shortage of them, too. But Yeah, that's I, in, like, I've, New York and areas, right? Yeah. Like, they've and, had to, like, they have to get Tesla to make stuff. Oh, now. yeah, there's so many brands, like, company for GM, a lot of people, even some of them were, like, government-pushed or, like, motivated to, but Tesla and so many of them, they shipped out ventilators, which is really cool and interesting. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, speaking of lack of resources, there is also... Um, you know, there there has been a massive shortage of masks everywhere. Um, and we first saw this yeah, with I think- um, a lot of the nurses and medical. So when I interviewed the physical therapist, um, she really highlighted the fact that they were facing a lack of, um, you know, masks and stuff like that. But what happened was, is that most of mass hysteria behind mass is actually based on a misunderstanding is that the you know overall all the people you know hoarding these n95 masks don't really need the full n95 masks um mm-hmm. and basically they need to and the nurses aren't able to use n95 masks because people are hoarding them because people we don't need the n95 and n95 are like the standard masks that everyone sees so speaking of lack of resources, there's been a massive shortage of masks and, you know, everything from toilet paper to basic household necessities. <laughs> but like the yeah. number one thing that like we when we were interviewing um, people and especially my interview with the physical therapist, she emphasized that there's obviously a big mass mask shortage and the hospitals are dealing with the brunt of that and like the actual hospital workers who need it. Um, and, you know, everyone's been hoarding them and there's kind of a misunderstanding. So in the interview, she highlighted that the real people in need of like specifically the N95 or like the medical masks that everyone's wearing are only the hospital staff. Um, because even now the CDC has like released statements that, you know, you can wear cloth masks or whatever to cover your face. Um, but because the but public's hoarding like the medical what, ones. I think we should yeah. definitely explain what N95s are. So N95s are the types of masks that are used to, I think, I guess like, filter out the viruses like they're small enough to the point where like viruses won't get through so viruses are extremely small like there's there's maybe smaller than cells right and our cells are large compared on a like a microbiology scale um but these masks are specifically made for hospital staff and I think now they're being commonly used by civilians. Yeah, right? and Which that's the big issue. Like, 
the the N95s, like if you just search them up, you can tell how different they look. Um, mm-hmm. And those are like the surgical ones that like you know, people are hoarding. And those are the ones that medical staff actually need. And that's what the big mass hysteria and stuff has really, you know, f- originated from. Like other mass and stuff, like there's still like there's a shortage of them, but they're more easy to come by um, and different types of masks and stuff like that. But specific ones that like mainly medical staff use, there's a big shortage of that. Um, so much so that many hospitals, even in St. Louis area, based on some of our interviews are like telling people to read like nurses and staff to reuse masks, like two, three, four times, uh, you know, before throwing them away. Um, and that completely defeats the point of masks because, you know, once a virus comes in contact or whatever, um, it's kind of done. Like, you know, it's contaminated. But yeah, like because I know of the shortage. Yeah, I know with the physician I talked to, he said that there definitely wasn't a shortage of masks there, but they were definitely trying to preserve the amount they had because it could quickly run out if we we're being uh, unresponsible with it. But I know in with your the physical therapist you talked to, the sub- mm-hmm. the substance. Uh, crap i can't say words but uh what was going on there was a lot worse right could you just yeah. explain about that mm-hmm. so basically i think well, based on the interview like their situation there a lot of the people were just coming in and basically taking masks like you know just taking them overall like the public and stuff um because of the mass hysteria everyone's like running around scrambling for mass like that's what it's come to um and that's basically you know what's leading to the shortage everywhere um, didn't you say that she had to quit because there's a lack yeah she she actually had to quit because she, what she i think her justification was it was pretty logical like they were forcing everyone in their staff and her position wasn't um purely critical like they gave her the option like if you want to stay you can stay if you don't it's your choice like you know it's like she wasn't at that but the people who are like at the front lines and need to be there like the actual icu care and like the intensive people like that really need we need it you know they have to be there and that's their uh, job that's their duty you know that's the role um but a lot of the other people like she personally thought that you know if they're giving me masks for three days you know that's that's obviously unsanitary and it's not safe overall um Mm -hmm. because she was coming in contact with a lot of patients as well so you never know and, and i guess it's it's totally justified but that really shows how much of a you know how much our the public overall you know has been taking mass and honestly it's been just a over mass hysteria as well yeah so i think this just goes into a really important point that all of the people that we interviewed have to you know uh definitely said multiple times is that you shouldn't be taking this like the regular flu and I think that was the message that a lot of politicians said before, a lot of news uh, channels have said before, a lot of media companies said before. But that is something that you cannot take into consider- consideration. It is not the same as our regular flu, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like the most deadly vi- virus that we've seen, right? It may- it's not like an Ebola when it comes to how deadly it is. Yeah. But and, it affects Like the everyone. death rates aren't that bad or something, right? Like Right. It, they're, yeah. they're, they're definitely not that bad of like an ebola mm-hmm. type thing but like we can't spread it because that is the thing it depends on us moving around the virus is within us and it depends on us going to different places and coming in contact with other people right mm-hmm. so the best thing that we can do is respect the virus i think that <laughs> you don't go around you don't uh contaminate uh, other people you wear the proper protection that you have you don't need to wear n95 masks those are the ones that should be given to medical personnel you should be wearing 
you know, a bandana. Like, don't cough on people. <laughs> cough in your yeah. cough in your arm or elbow. Or, or like, so when you standard, sneeze, or um, you know, standard mask that you can find. If that makes yeah. sense, not specifically N95 or other categories that specific like medical staff use. Like, right. definitely, like, there's and other then, alternatives. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that just don't go outside into public places if you need to, if you don't need to. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't go to the store. And just like, for fun. you know, buy just, just for fun. Don't visit a friend just for fun, right? If you're going, if we, if we want to get through this, you got to take it seriously. Yeah, because um, otherwise, you know, it's going to stretch for such a long time. Like, right. I mean, no one, like, and, and no one wants to be inside their houses for, you know, more than a month. It gets boring, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're at the point where we wish we were at school. And that's yeah. saying something. And, right? and it sucks, especially for seniors and so many people. Like, it's really right? frustrating. It, it's affecting everyone. Like, senior, like juniors and seniors want to go to prom. We want to go to graduation. We want to do this. Our parents want to go back to their jobs. The economy wants to get, you know, opened up again. But I think the biggest thing we have to think about is that do we really want to elongate the effects? Do we really want to increase the amount of deaths that could happen? And I think, for me at least, it's a no. We need to wait until mm-hmm. we need to... Like, we can't just open up everything until a vaccine gets produced, right? We're going to mm, have to be... That's true. This, is, this just goes into, like, the long-term impacts. We can't... Yeah. It's not going to be the same society that we like, were it, before whether coronavirus. It be, yeah, whether it be, like, working from home. Like, now so many jobs are proven that you can just work from home and life still goes on. So, so right. many more people are going to be working from home. The economy is going to be definitely changed. Literally, everyone from now on is going to, so, like... You know how, like, in China, you know, we may not like, even Asia? have snow days anymore. We may not <laughs> you, even have snow days anymore. Oh, like, dude. Our teachers are just going to go back yo. on and be like, yo, we can just do, do Zoom classes, right? Oh it's, my everything's God. going to be affected oh because we God. know I never that thought about certain that. things. But also, yeah. like, you know, you know how in China and, like, Asia, like, a lot of Asian countries, like, they wear masks on a regular basis? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you see it in, like, China just walking out, people wear masks for pollution mostly. But right. now, like, everywhere, like, whenever we go just, like, to the movies with friends, we're going to have to be wearing masks or, like, Parents are still going to have that stigma in their mind, you know, that always going to exist. Like, yeah, exactly. It can always happen. And also, like, people's, you know, ideas about just viruses and medical safety and precautions, they're going to be like, you know, like, every time they're going to go to a restaurant, they're going to, like, clean everything down or you, you right. never know. Like, ex- it's like, definitely going to be a burden on the economy. And I think because we're, you're going to spend a lot gonna... more money on, like, stuff, on, like, exactly stuff. Yeah. But and then, then we're also, also, I think going to see Keto, a big yeah. change in politics, right? Yeah. Uh, I read an article from Politico that said that since a lot of the elderly people, a lot of elderly population is being affected, this could affect the 2020 presidential election. President Trump might not see the same support that he was seeing it earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, just yeah. everything's going to change, everything. And we cannot stress that enough that to help reduce the changes, I guess, you have to follow the uh, social distancing guidelines like missouri might open up but like do we all need to go to walmart at once no right yeah so yeah i think that i think yeah i think that ends our podcast uh, episode yeah. so basically we just wanted to cover way. like a general 
state of Corona and give you guys like a somewhat educated, I mean, we conducted three interviews and we did a decent amount of research as well. We just wanted to kind of give you a perspective, our ideas and talk about it. Um, but we're also going to have a specific episode dedicated to like the long-term impacts and like the economy and some unique, like, you know, ideas and possibilities of what Corona has will change. Uh, that'll be coming later on. Yeah. So, yeah and then also I think we'll be all, we'll also be, uh, um, releasing the interviews that we did the three interviews oh, yeah. that we did because their, i yeah. think they they just gave like for me at least i i know for Sid as well they gave a really good uh, general idea of our the state of the coronavirus and our pandemic within the st louis area and i guess what you can be doing to help and what the you know the healthcare workers have been doing to help first responders have been doing to help you know it's the whole you know it's just a really good general knowledge. Yeah, and, there's, we, uh, we learned a lot of insights, so we're going to be releasing all three of those interviews. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, also and, stay tuned for uh, on Instagram at Fob Media. You know, we completely rebranded. We have a lot of new content, graphics, um, a lot of you know informational updates about Corona and technology and just politics and stuff like that going on there. Yeah, and so then be just sure finally, you guys think- check out Fob Media. And then mm-hmm. finally, um, I don't think any of this could have been possible without our friendly young Martin. Uh, so yeah, just go yeah. follow, uh, go check him out. Uh, it's Immortal Blasian on Instagram and everything like that. Yeah, he he, and, he edits our episodes, he background music, everything takes care of that. Um, he's a real tr- true hero for us. Um, yeah, yeah, he's low key so part everyone, of this podcast. Exactly. You know, he's a. Um, yeah, basically, everyone stay safe. Don't. Go outside. Go outside. Don't, don't go outside don't, if you don't uh, yeah, need to. Don't, don't go outside. Don't eat pangolins um, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, stay away from bats. <laughs> yeah, just stay away from people in general. Stay safe. Make sure you guys share this episode if you found it was interesting or fun or whatever. Um, yeah. All right. See you guys. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye.